You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contacts code names are Luke. Oh my God. That was, <laughs> I used to get picked on and uh, the way I used to get picked on is a guy would walk by on the scene, like the seniors on the football team. And this dude would fucking flip my, flip me in the dick. Mike. You know, I mean, I want to be a part of the zeitgeist, but you know, maybe I don't belong there. I'm a fucking idiot. I don't belong in your zeitgeist. And who gets to be a part of the zeitgeist? By the way, is it the idiots who decide? Is it the geniuses? Did you know that geniuses ask questions? And Scott. Well, if there's one thing that human beings hate, it's uncertainty. It's not knowing. It's unanswerable questions. Mm-hmm. And it just, things like that. And like things like religion, I mean, basically, like taking a widescreen are just ways to assuage the pain of being alive. The show is called Is It Safe? It's the Is It Safe talk show. Welcome to the show. I'm Michael Govier. Along with Scott and Luke, we're doing our show every week like we try to do. We talk about life, society, 9-11, frequent travels that we travail, and other musings. Whatever comes to our mind, right, guys? Yeah, 9-11. I've been thinking about that all week. Really? Tell me no. more. Get, getting a head start on that anniversary that's coming up. Exactly. Yeah, it takes a lot of planning. I usually yeah, do a party. I usually do a- I spend nine nine months out of the year really just getting used to it, getting ready for it. Yeah, I get I was a, re- bunch of, a bunch of kegs of red, white, and blue beer. <laughs> what was I reading? I read something. I don't know where I f- was reading this, but I read something in the last 48 hours and it said something along the lines of Rudy Giuliani was the efficient at our wedding. And I'm, what, what was I reading? I'm trying to think what I was reading right now. What have I been looking into? That, I'm baffled. Uh, Jesus. I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, what, what oh, year did this come? What I, year I was it. this? <laughs> I got it. I found it in my brain. I was looking yesterday on Twitter at Michael K. Now, Michael K., for those of you that don't know, he is the voice of the New York Yankees, and he's been doing it for like 30 years. So uh, he's a total douche. He sounds like a douche. He's a giant white dude. So I saw the picture of his radio show promo on his Twitter feed yesterday. It's him. He's like six foot five. He's a big dude. And then these two other white guys. So I retweeted, hey, white people, the radio show. Nothing represents New York City quite like these three white guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's what what it was. And Rudy Giuliani, he had wrote a book. And in it, he talked about how Rudy Giuliani was the efficient at our wedding and a blah, blah, blah. And I'm so wonderful and blah, 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 blah. So fuck that guy. I mean, he wrote a wrote a self-published book. There's no fucking way there's an audience for that. Oh, dude, this will blow your mind even more. His book has, he does these other shows because he's so popular and so cool that he has his own sh- interview show. So he's decided to write a book about all the amazing interviews he's done over the last 20 years. And this includes Quentin Tarantino and all these other people. You're like, what the fuck are you? You have no connection to these types of people. How did this ever happen? I just don't like this guy. He sounds lame. If you, I'm going to bring up some audio actually of Michael K. So we can get a taste of what he sounds like. (laughs) Well, what book are we talking about here? Uh, Center stage. That's right. Well done. Fascinating interview. Look at look at the cover art on this book. You can already tell it's a clunker. How is that not? How is that title not already taken? How can he title his book Center Stage? You're not Center Stage, dude. You're not even. His show you're you're backstage. Center, his show's called Center Stage. His interview mm. show. That's it. So it's not even original. Mm. It's just, oh, that's what I called the TV show. So we'll just call the book that, right? 
center stage is it doesn't even make sense it's an interview show that he does on the radio or is he is it a show show is it a video well whatever yeah. i don't care i don't know why i keep asking that one's drilled deep to right field it is high it is far it is gone a home run for Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, Giancarlo, no say Carlo, a Stentonian blast. And the Yankees lead by a score of four to nothing. And the pitch. Oh, this is... This guy sucks. There it goes, signature moment. See ya, a two-run home run, a walk-off, and the Yankees win 7-5. There's more. That one's drilled deep. Okay, I'm done with that. So, anyways, that's Michael K. That's Thank who he you. is. And, uh, you know, he's, he started working there in, like, 1992. So, he knew somebody. I'm not saying he's not talented. I mean, he does have, like, a standard announcer's voice. It's fine. It's just, you look at this guy, and if you start to dig around what, what he's about, he lives in fucking the most white place in Connecticut ever. Like, I can't even remember the name of the town. But it's just everything about him is just so, like, not representative to me of what I would think. New York has a lot of issues. New York City, to me, has always been a place that I've not been a huge fan of. But one thing I've always appreciated about the city is that it represents so many different people and so many different cultures simultaneously. It's a great place to go get lost in a bunch of different areas. Luke, you know this best. Yeah, I'm guessing he's I'm guessing he's in uh, New Haven or Fairfield yeah. County. Yeah, that's, New Haven. That's where, that's where the that's where the uh, yeah the, the doily the lace doily types live. <laughs> Wow, dude. Uh, Mike, what were you saying? Uh, (laughs) It's a it's a place with tons of diversity. What's yeah? What? It's It's not about the diversity. It's just about the fact that these guys are not the representative of the city of New York to me. Absolutely not. Just not New York. So yeah, but But you can never you can never look at your local. I'm sorry. You just you can never look at your local celebrities for representation. That's I hate the fucking Yankees too. So I admit that. Oh yeah, yeah. Always going to be. I'm pumping Midwest people first and foremost. I'm sick of the East Coast dominating everything. So I have a goal on my Twitter. It's always to pump up more Midwest. There's a lot of talented, great people in the Midwest doing their thing. So I'm trying to push back against that industrial complex of the Yankees and New York City. The the media industrial complex. Ton of good people in the Midwest. Apparently, though, none of them play baseball for the Tigers in April. And, uh, well, you don't recall the the great... What about all the great professional baseball teams from Iowa and Nebraska? <laughs> See, that's where the Midwest ends. It's an uphill battle, Mike. That's it, the plains. It's an uphill battle for it's you. It's the plains. <laughs> it is the plains. You're right. But still, it's definitely. I'm not really going to argue about it. But yeah, anyways, not, Michael Case yeah. a douchebag. And that's where I got that thought from. I'm sorry I even said it because who cares? Fuck that guy. So, uh, we got a couple emails. Not as many this week. It's actually pretty light. Uh, wow, I'm getting like a... Wow, that furnace is rocking. Suddenly, your your audio just changed. Oh, I'm well. A, I, yeah, it sounds like your audio just got cranked, and I'm getting all furnace or like a laundry thing from your end. Luke? Yeah, do we need to have echo cancellation? I don't know why they... Does this help? Yeah, that's better. Okay, uh, the furnace cranked on because I had the windows open all day, and looks like the house finally got too cold. How does it That's sound fine. now? Okay, does it still sound terrible? Can you hear the furnace going? You good? No, it's yeah. Okay, yeah, everything's okay now. 
It's not your fault. <laughs> Everything is okay. Uh, it's not your fault. <laughs> ah! Everything is okay. Before we get, uh, hold on. Before we get into oh, go the, ahead, please. Yeah, just before we get into the emails, if we don't have enough, or we don't have a lot of emails, then uh, allow me to address my incoherent uh, racism chat that I was starting oh. last week. The, uh oh. I, I just wow. re- well, I realized. I, unlike most people, uh, love to torture myself by listening to the episode. And yeah, of <laughs> course, it was quite incoherent. A little disappointed as uh, to where my thought track was going. But the ultimate point is that we're going to have to have some pretty uncomfortable relationships with people if we want to kind of expand the tent and create real solidarity. We are going to need to have we're going to need to have racist acquaintances. That's the point. As we said, <laughs> racism not cool <laughs> definitely not fucking cool and of course we're all very well aware of the you know the years and years and years of uh you know racialized opprobrium that have, has been exacted upon uh you know every single group that has had some form of kind of marginal uh, or marginalized uh status in this country uh this country this world like everywhere since human civilization uh learned that uh, there could be a difference between people with power and people without. Uh, of course, we understand all that. But point being, I can deal with the racist because I feel like you're going to have to. We're all going to have to. We have to learn how to talk to people that have really shitty opinions and really bad points of view. Because mm-hmm. most, mostly, mostly they are, you know, mostly we're talking to people that just don't understand their own politics, don't understand that their views are politics and don't understand where their own racism even comes from. And if they, even, even if they believe it doesn't necessarily mean it's they just, they don't necessarily get it. I've gotten a lot further with people like that than I have with liberals who have very uh, established uh, sets of beliefs and very established principles. Now, you know, if you're out there and measuring uh measuring cranial uh, cranial circumference to decide uh you know what's <laughs> what evolutionarily uh you know makes somebody Ugh. smarter better based on race then uh yeah you're fucking go, kelvin go candy for, or whoever yeah, uh, gentlemen just go fuck me. yourself yeah go fuck yourself if that's what you're doing but yeah just felt like uh needed to clear the air it, it, i definitely wasn't articulate enough uh last week but that was kind of what I was trying to get at. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable when mm-hmm. you, you know, you develop some kind of solidarity based on, based on stuff that's not, you know, uh, culturally uh, acceptable to you. Yeah, well said. I mean, we're you're right. I, I echo the sentiment. We're going to have to open our doors to more you know, more dissenting opinions, just people that are are hateful, honestly. And because a lot of times the only people that we're exposed to with these, uh, you know, with these horrid opinions are oftentimes called our parents. And, uh, (laughs) yep. uh, They're often our 77 year old fucking parents who were just like, we have to have that conversation, you know, every holiday season. And it's just like, oh, God, I got to I got to I got to like talk my dad off a ledge because apparently <laughs> like like Black Lives Matter on the NBA basketball court is enough to just throw the association in the garbage. So, 
Oh man, uh, the people are out uh, there. As he doesn't watched, even know. He doesn't watch like, the NFL since uh, August just, of 2016. And then, <laughs> and then when you and then when you probe for you know a little more articulation of of that hate that is just seeping into him from the American Legion Hall, you mm-hmm. discover I that, am like, a false prophet. Like no, you know it's like you you quickly discover there's like no there's nothing else that is that he wants to say. He just wants to like be in this fucking weird echo chamber. He wants to take what's being said at the VFW hall and just be like, I, this is something I heard. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, like, you said it right. You yeah. said it right. Use the right. right here's a silver bullet all it's, the way from Colorado. <laughs> it's, it's definitely. Yeah. It's seepage. It's osmosis. You know, who did I mean, it way better than us though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luke, you, I'm glad you brought it up and, you wanted to clarify the point. I thought we did a poor job of expressing it as well, even in the moment. But it, you know, whatever happens, yeah. happens. We tried. Same. Our intentions were good. But you know who did a way better job than us? And it shouldn't be a surprise because he has a lot more experience. That was John Stewart. Have you guys ever been watching his show, The Problem? Anybody? Yeah. No, it's on the it's on the list of that never ending list. But no, I haven't. Well, there's free clips on YouTube. You don't have to have Apple Plus if you don't have it. So let me play. Just I watched this the other night and I was like, well, this is promising. Obviously, usually in an episode about race, focusing on black issues, uh, you'd want to connect with a Cornell West, a, a Tennessee Coates, a, a, a Dave Matthews, experts in the field. <laughs> but I'm going to take uh, Tony Morrison's advice on this. It's time for white people to talk and figure some things out. So tonight I'm speaking to, I mean, honestly, as white a panel as I think I could find. <laughs> I have an Andrew, a Lisa, and a Chip. <laughs> This this panel is bone. It is it is <laughs> alabaster. <laughs> uh, to my left is Chip Gallagher. He's a professor of sociology at LaSalle University. He researches social inequality and race. Lisa Bond, the resident white woman for Race to Dinner, a group that is trying to have better conversations about race in America. And joining remotely, longtime author and columnist Andrew Sullivan, editor of the Weekly Dish. Uh-oh. Welcome everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, oh, Andrew Sullivan. <laughs> I guess he was trying to balance the panel out. This could be too triggering. I think at its core, I think white people put blame on black people for the position that they are in and then believe that white people will lose something in order for black people to gain it. And, And that's what creates that resentment and, and difficulty to overcome. And I'll start with Chip. All right, so let me ask you guys, how do you respond to that? What do you think of that question? Is it so obvious it doesn't even need to be discussed? Yeah, partly. It, partly it's, it's so obvious it doesn't need to be discussed. Uh, that, that is why people like me really harp on economic conditions and material, material conditions. Is that, yeah, clearly when the, you know, when the the upper classes or the the power elite and you know capitalists however you want to put it you know divide divide everyone against each other make them fight for very scarce resources that's what's going to happen they're going to develop animosity against each other and then we create all these in group all this in group language uh and in group language creates inclusivity and exclusivity then we have now we have categories like racism that really drive that wedge in deep and gives gives it color gives it depth you know gives it a gives it 
rarefies it in a way that it didn't have before. Before it might be that guy's getting something I'm not. But if you say, well, that guy, that guy is, is black and you're white and they're stealing all our jobs or somebody from Mexico is stealing your job, then now we've got uh, a category and a label and we've got a way to fill in the blanks and, and color that story and actually give <laughs> lack of a better word and gives you understand give people me, sir? give people weapons to you know uh put their thoughts into a particular order that maybe were totally incoherent to them but when you tell them that you know racism is the problem or you call them a racist now what you're doing is immediately starting to divide and carve people up but now we're just creating like competing factions so yeah, yeah. one thing i you know the thing i guess i agree with the most about you know, just the limited clip you played is that it is time for white people to just like talk more about it. And I'm glad that someone think whatever you want about John Stewart, but like, it's good that someone that has his reach is at least like articulating it and saying like, step to the fucking plate and talk about it. Like, you know, it's, I think a lot of people, you know, like the dads and the moms of the world, they just feel like, they've been being talked at from the black community. And that maybe makes, you know, the average person who is, you know, older than 40 or who doesn't have a college education like my parents or who, you know, has only seen Detroit in the seventies and eighties and nineties and who only hangs out with Trumpers, uh, you know, they just probably feel like that's the way it is and nothing's going to change. I mean, I've helped, you know, like I try to engage my mom with shit like that. And it's like, like I said, I guess that's where it starts. It starts with your, your family, your extended family, your friends, just it's, we got to do less of the calling out and more of just the asking questions and coming from a genuine place of like, Tell me more about that. Like, why do you feel that way? Like, where does that opinion come from? Mm -hmm. And so I agree with Jon Stewart. I'm glad that he has the reach again, like regardless of how you feel about his politics or how he articulates it or if he's funny or not. Um, it is. It's time for people to just start saying more and like, cool, like. I hear that you're saying something hateful, but don't attack someone and just try to get more context. And I think that maybe that's, you know, something we need to add into the mix and learn that way. I said, calm down and shut the fuck up. What's the problem? <laughs> uh, let, me, let, me, let me just play. <laughs> that's a good one. Let me, uh, let me just play a little bit more of this. And then we'll move on. Cause. Chip. It's Charles. Uh, yeah. That doesn't yeah, help. No, it doesn't help. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, a significant amount of white people in the United States of America see race relations through a colorblind lens. And I don't mean that, I don't mean that whites don't see race. They see someone that's black or Asian. But they don't in any way attach any meaning to the color in affecting life chances. And what that fundamentally means is that race doesn't matter getting ahead it they, just doesn't matter they believe that we are in a race race neutral we, environment the, 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 the playing field has been leveled and if you make it um or you don't it's a meritocracy it's a meritocracy and it's a narrative also that does a lot of things it, it makes white privilege invisible um and it also makes whites feel that whatever they did 
whatever success that they had, had nothing to do with what happened 50, 100, 200 years ago. Look, you have to look at it as it is difficult. I can see how people would get defensive about, I didn't have slavery. I, I have not actively participated. I am a part of a system that was built through uh, racism, but, but my life is hard, and I, I work hard, and I don't get ahead, so how, are you, how does privilege factor into it to me? Now, Lisa, you, you try and get these conversations going. Where I come from is that this system of of white supremacy has done such a good job of teaching us as white people that racism is bad. And when we talk about racism, we're talking about your character flaw. If we say you're racist, it's a character flaw. Mm -hmm. I'm bad and I know I'm not bad. I'm, I, I think I'm a good person. I think I'm a nice person. And I know that I am racist. And I know that I'm racist because I, every single day, uphold the systems and the structures of racism. And if we don't start having a conversation about that mm -hmm. and about the ways that we are complicit every day, daily, if we don't talk about it, then we are never going to see movement. All right. So that's her opinion on things. And any disagreements or uh, ancillary I mean, comments? The general, the general like idea to me is it's fine. It's just it's reminds me of like a war on terror you know it's like it's a war on racism it's just a it's an ongoing thing that has no concrete solutions this is why i, I turned to economics so yeah i mean i don't disagree with what they're saying i disagree with the extent uh to which they are focused on it and how that clearly blocks them off from understanding other uh, other routes for considering solutions to the current you know current issues that that we actually have and if we solve again the universal programs again what i was kind of ranting about last week if we utilize universal programs they are going to disproportionately help uh help the black community and help you know all disadvantaged communities the whiteies uh you know the regressive nature of it that people like to freak out about like if you cancel student loan debt for instance they always say oh well you're just going to give away you're just giving away money to rich kids who decided to go to harvard like, no you're not and if what about the that, people that already paid their loans luke doesn't matter yeah, if, if that if that is the case because no they don't have the same disadvantage now if you have all right so let's say let's say that yeah there's there's a kid whose parents are rich somehow uh didn't pay for his school he went to harvard uh took out a bunch of student loans and now his student loans are forgiven that's what less than one percent of the entire you know group of 45 million people that have student debt i mean it's such a small small portion it's not a regressive policy because it doesn't give money to the rich that's the that is such a tiny sliver of the people that would get you know, they would get that benefit, but it wouldn't matter. It would help so many other people, and the majority of those people would be black and mostly black women. So that's Fuck again, I do it myself. I, I think race. <laughs> obviously, it's important to understand that we live in a racist country. Uh, we live in a racist civilization. It's important to understand that. It's important to understand the mechanisms at, at work there, and it's important to understand that. Yeah, it does change the the outcomes for people's lives, but 
the solution to people's lives. It reminds me of this guy, uh, Walter Ben Michaels. He's a historian and he's a historian who will often say like, history doesn't help. We know what to do going forward. Let's just do that. We can look back as much as we want. We can keep looking back, go ahead, but stop dwelling in it because it's not getting us anywhere. If we keep looking at everything that we could do and say, and, and have to means test everything and then have to kind of adjust for history. We're never going to get anywhere at all. We know what the right thing is. We know what the common sense solutions are. And those are to, to lift the most people up as possible with, uh, you know, with a kind of collective effort. Get trusted. Doesn't mean that racism doesn't exist. It just means that it's part of it, but we could, we could definitely deliver material change for a vast majority of uh, people who are suffering by using those types of universal policies. <laughs> Horobeck 2024, baby. Woo! I'm, I get out to vote for that. <laughs> yeah, he said that racism doesn't exist, and then I thought aliens exist. We all know conspiracies are done. Oh, yes. Conspiracies are dumb, but he loves aliens. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah. funny to Can see. Can you believe that this is this guy's, like, project in personal life? Like, that's what he dedicated himself to after music? It's pretty wild. Aliens so Exist funny. is a song. This song came out in 1999 on the, uh, what's the enema for the state? And then he became, yes, Tom DeLonge became this hardcore he knows things that he's connected with the CIA about aliens, and he's going to reveal the ultimate truth bombs. And, and then still he's waiting. even, he's still, no, he's more validated over the last year or so because of all those videos that came out, those shitty, grainy yeah, videos yeah, uh-huh. that the government released. He now says that, that's validation that, for him. A, now that you can put like a UFO filter on your camera, <laughs> he's still believing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, oh, here, funny. take a selfie, put the UFO filter on it. There'd be a UFO in the background. Yeah, that's a great point. You're absolutely right about that. And by the way, Blink-182 sucks without Tom DeLong too. That's the that's the disappointing part of all this, that he's not in the band. So I would never go see them. It's not the same. Speaking, oh, of, speaking of seeing punk bands and race, actually. That's right. So I saw, I saw Jaw... This is just the only time I can fit this in. I saw Jawbreaker <laughs> yesterday. They were on the, you know, Dear You, kind of doing the Dear You... 25th anniversary tour or whatever and Blake he was just kind of on one I thought he was going to be super awkward they were just kind of doing this to fucking make money to like live another six days And but he was like he was really on one and trying you know he's cracking jokes he's like, oh, I'm going to go into comedy after this and all this shit and then I don't know if it was just fresh because yesterday was not to make this too heavy but yesterday was you know like they had the autopsy of the shooting in, in Grand Rapids of the Patrick uh, Leo Leoya. Oh yeah, Leo, yeah, yeah. yeah we didn't so I was just watching. That. I was watching that, and it was fresh. And I don't know if he, if Blake was just like ignorant of that, or was like attempting a joke. But he was like, at some point in between songs, he was like, "Yeah, man, this is great. We're crushing it tonight, right? Like, you can't get entertainment like this in Grand Rapids." And I was like. <laughs> Ooh, like that's either really terrible or like you just 
you know, you were just making a joke about Grand Rapids, which yeah, is funny. If you were making a joke about Grand Rapids, that's funny. But if you were like, if it was anything other than that, was the show in Grand Rapids? You didn't go to Grand Rapids. No, no, no. It was, no, it was supposed to be at St. Andrews, but St. Andrews is like falling apart, so they moved it to uh, the Crowfoot. I haven't been to Pontiac in a minute. Oh that, god! Talk about man. a hellscape, man. Pontiac. I know. I, it, oh, yeah. I don't like the Crowfoot. Pontiac sucks, man. Here. I'm not into the Crowfoot, yeah. but. No. Uh, I like St. Andrews way more, but I why would he see Grand Rapids on? That's like random because I thought I don't know. Maybe, well, it, I'm guessing know. they probably tried to set up a show there and it, it got stupid. Grand Rapids is very weird, so they probably decided to cancel the show or whatever. I'm sure there's some kind of little yeah. backstory for sure. Also, yeah, it, I don't his, think it came from a play. It came, you know, he's he's an intelligent dude. I just think it was a, yeah. a very ill time to joke about the city of Grand Rapids. Well, to be and fair, to be fair to him and anybody else making a joke about any city, um, there's a like a 70% chance there would be a shooting in that city if you make a joke about it. So we yeah. saw Drawbreaker live once, True. Luke, remember? <laughs> Where was it? I I thought it we was, had. They played, with, they played with Sparta or Hot Water, one of those shows that was, I want to say it was at the state, not at St. Andrews. So. It was not at St. Andrews. I think uh, it was at State Theater. I'm not kidding. Jawbreaker was bigger then, so the State Theater would have been doable. Is that late 90s or early 2000s? This is early 2000s. Early, early 2000s. 2000s. Would have yeah. been like the last. Would have been 02, 03. Yeah, it would have been yep. like their last tour before they hung it up. For I, was, I didn't the go show. to see them. I went to see the other bands before that. <laughs> I've not yeah. never been a Jawbreaker fan. No disrespect to Jawbreaker. I've just never been big into yeah. it. So maybe I, I'm more. I just, I really like Deer. Oh, Deer. no, you know what I'm doing? Fuck! I know what I'm doing. I fucked up. Last job. I apologize. Yep. Ah. I just, yep, I just remembered. It wasn't Jawbreaker. God damn it. Last Glass jaw. jaw is my bad. Jawbreaker's a completely different animal. I take that back. Yeah. I'm sorry, Scott. Yeah, I take it back too because I was in agreement, and now I realize I it was Glassjaw. We were going to see. Yeah, Glassjaw was the main headliner. Didn't give a fuck about Glassjaw. Wanted nope. to see the other bands first. So, yep. Hot water open for yeah, Sparta. Sparta open for freaking Glassjaw. That was so stupid. My apologies, Scott. So there you go. Anyway, no. well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you squeezed that in. That's great. And yes, uh, a man was murdered in cold blood for having bogus license plate. Sticker or a expired license plate? I mean, it's just so dumb. He got shot in the back of the head. He's dead. Listen, I I, I understand it's impossible to like. Well, if I I would have done it this way, but it's like, bro, like his buddies in the car. You got the car sitting there. Like, just let this dude run around. If he wants to run away, just just call for backup. Just follow him you know like we're like how far is he gonna get I, I just don't understand this like dude probably tweaked out i don't know this I, I i don't know what the actual story was like he whatever the plates didn't match the car or whatever okay that's cool. why he was so pulled that's, over so that's your fucking yeah. offense the plates didn't match the car sweet like i've gotten pulled over for expired plates or something that looked wrong like you know multiple times Running's not a good idea, and trying to grab a cop's taser isn't a good idea. But, like, how did we yes. – I never understand how we get to that point where it's like, dude, cool. You want to run around randomly, like, through people's backyard? You're not going to get anywhere. Like, we can just – we can we can do this another way. Like, it just seems like there's so many other ways to do it. And why, at the end of it, we've got to shoot you in the back of the fucking skull? Like, we could, we could shoot you in the. You have failed. 
could shoot you in the calf, maybe. I mean, we could like. Well, that was Biden. No, point. that's the thing. Is like they don't they don't accept the gravity of life or death. Like when you kill someone, they don't get a second chance. You're taking a life, so it immediately implies the inherent disrespect for their lives because mm-hmm. it's such it's the ultimate price. You, if you take someone's life away, that's it. it. There's nothing worse than that. They don't get another chance. And the fact that it happens to black people enough in, to, to me. It implies that, oh, you know, I, I, I didn't want to do it, but there was something within the person each time where they were like, well, this is probably what's best because I have to uphold the law. Upholding the law is more important than this yes. person's life. You see, that that is that's exactly what it is. It's these fucking morons who are more interested in following the law. Yes. And more interested in... <laughs> people everybody around them being upstanding citizens who also follow all the rules uh but you add racism to that that does play a major role i'm assuming this is some form of uh this has a racial component to it i don't know this it's story. a white black it's white black it's white cop and, doesn't look uh, good on surface white cop, black boy black man <laughs> it's 26 year know, old patrick leoya mm, Man, okay, that's gonna be a complicated one to che- uh, to to chant, and it's Grand Rapids protest. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Charlie, let's give credit to Charlie LaDuff in his No Bullshit News Hour, who covered, said it better than we could here. Frankly, it's Grand Rapids. They have plenty of money, as Charlie said. Grand Rapids is not a poor city. DeVos, and there's only one. This, Dick DeVos, Republicans in the legislature, tax yep. break. God, I need that commercial so bad. We need that commercial <laughs> so bad. It's really hard to find. I've not been able to find that campaign commercial from when Dick DeVos ran for governor in 06. I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> Point being, it was a great camp gig commercial with all this stupid shit. Dick DeVos, Republicans oh, in the legislature. Cornell used to love that. It was so funny. Anyway, <laughs> the guy, it's a single cop. There, there's not. There's no backup. Grand Rapids can't afford two cops in a car. That's what Charlie's point was. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, come on. You're not short on funds. Like, you're just leaving them out there high and dry anyways because you don't give a fuck. And if they kill somebody, nobody cares. I mean, I'm talking about the people that are making powerful decisions, the mayors and the city council and all the people who are the big wigs in Grand Rapids. They're focused on other things. And, you know, if a cop murders an a murder he's not innocent i mean he's his crime is that he had a fucking license plate that was bogus okay technically that's true not that's a crime. a crime is that that's not a crime it's a fucking misdemeanor it's a fucking citation it's so honestly wait, why can't we get to a point uh we've got we've got cameras and stuff on the freeway correct why why can't we get to a point where all right cop sees let's say a cop has a, a camera front mounted camera takes a picture of this expired license plate and that person gets a just ticket in the mail why does this require pulling somebody over going through this whole rigmarole uh it's it is not a vi- it is not a violent offense and it is not the type of offense it's not even an offense this dude how many times have you not had money for your plates or something and you don't have money for your place. Yeah. You're like, you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna just, insurance. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like take my chances for a minute. Like, keep my fingers crossed. Hopefully, I don't get pulled over. We're not black, so we don't have that same sense of fear and dread that a lot of people do have. And I am guessing, uh, given how much weight goes into that type of calculation, that this person probably didn't have the money to do it or forgot to do it, and it was either a simple mistake or it was 
basically part and parcel of the system. Now he gets pulled over by the system and the system, uh, you know, executes him in the only way that the system can. And with total fucking cruelty. With cruelty right. and indifference. I, I'm not I'm not black either, obviously. I'm a uh I'm Jewish, if you want to know my cultural heritage. Uh, Irish as well, if you need to know more. I don't That's know how well much I have to share. Uh, thank you. Good. I don't know how many. I don't know how much I got to share with everybody. But I actually grew up with a tremendous fear of the police. And I'm not saying that my experience is equal to that of all African-Americans who went through the same. But where we grew up, the police were always busting us and cracking down on us it set a tone in my life where i was always terrified and saw the cops as the yeah. enemy i saw them as people that were not there to help me they were there to constantly use me to pay for their funding by charging me with bullshit tickets and uh, and putting me in jail and all these kinds of stuff I, they didn't like me and they weren't there to help me in any way so i'm not i'm just saying that this people the experience other people have like the cops are your friends i've never ever had that experience and i've every time i see a cop car my blood pressure goes up instantly it always has and again i'm not trying to say hey look at me i'm understanding and i'm just on the same level as you who have been historically oppressed for hundreds of years i'm not saying that i'm just telling you that there's a lot of other people who are afraid of the police well this is this is another part of this uh full on equation it's not necessarily it's not specific only to people of, uh, you know, that particular, well, particular like melanin in their system. Like it, and it's, yeah. And it's not just, uh, just the poor, although, you know, obviously quote unquote justice, uh, is meted out to like 99% of the people that's meted out to are, are poor, but it's, you know, the, the police represent this represent state power. And they are supposed to instill fear. That is a big part of why police get cars. It's a big part why they drive around with the big stickers on the side. Do they really need to be identified as police? No. What they? No, they want to hide just, now. I finally I saw. I finally saw the Batman. I finally saw the Batman, and you could easily <sighs> see like the bat. Like, he goes, "Oh, when they put the bat signal in the sky." that you know the the bat signal has like a like two meanings or whatever and one of them is that it instills instills fear and kind of acts as like a deterrent on the city's you know criminal element i could see Child, a, a cop i could see a cop literally thinking the same thing like putting putting that like big freaking decal on the side of their cop car <laughs> that just instills fear and they probably love that shit i mean it's a little bit of a power and you trip. want me to change you yeah the the police in general uh, as a as a as a thing regardless of where they come up from and they do kind of in this country come from uh uh what were they what were they called before uh, they were hunting down slaves basically uh, so they kind of evolved out of that but they're complete i mean they're almost completely unnecessary I, I think really you could you could live without them I, I have two theories on it one is pay the cops more and stop making them these like petty psychos and or uh, just basically get rid of most of it because they respond to things post hoc unless they pull you over while you're doing something non-violent and create violence because their very presence is the threat of violence that is what state power represents Mm -hmm. And personalities and personality types that fit 
into that mold. It's like the system and the power structure is established first, and then people fit into it if they want to be a cop. <laughs> it's not the other way around. It's not like good people are going to change the institution. It's yeah, like this is the institution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's the institution. Do you fit or do you want to fit? Because if uh, you're malleable enough of mind and spirit and soul, we can fucking form you into a cop. And that's, Man, and that's I'm glad I called well, that guy. As 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 a very like as a incredibly pervasive and domineering system, any good-hearted person that goes in there is is either going to become a politician, which is going to make them worse, or you know, going to become somebody that has to protect the thin blue line. Yeah, at some Fuck point, you, dickhead. Not everyone is going to go through that experience, but you know, at some point, a lot of these cops get stuck. Uh, having to having to like protect the thin blue line and you know what does that do to your ethics and you know what does that do to where you're at because now you're you're sympathizing with people that share your own personal experience and not with people that may have shared your experience from before you got into the i've been a huge mistake yeah, my my uh, like one of my best buddies in high school growing up, his dad was the police chief of our tiny community and he was a good guy, good cop. But that's because he didn't have to fucking do anything like nothing was happening yes. in our sleepy community. And so he was afforded, you know, the the space to just like exercise his goodness because he didn't actually have was. To really fucking he didn't have to exercise his power. He didn't have to. He was never forced to exercise that power. And that's the thing, Mike, yeah. that used to drive me nuts about, you know, being in Heartland or whatever. Just like, <laughs> yeah, where you guys grew up. It's just like hassling. They're hassling people. <laughs> yeah, they're hassling teenagers and shit. And it's like, there's no reason for any of this. Call you, you literally don't need to be here. Yeah, like what? Exactly, what good did right. they do pulling pulling someone over driving sixty five miles an hour down M fifty nine where the speed limit's fifty five? They they you know they would just pull people over, put money in the pocket. Jam. We got hey, sure. this fucking system's not going to pay for itself, motherfucker. I mean, what do you expect me to do? Just <laughs> could it what <laughs> sitting on ass? Yeah, they can't sit on ass. Come on, get your asses out there, fuck some shit up. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta make you gotta make something up. You gotta create shit to do. If there aren't big fish I'm to fry, you, you gotta fry a ton of small ones. Yeah. yeah, they've always uh, been it, who we thought they were. It's always it's, true. It's, if it's, you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Val, but they Val, are who me. we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. We did. We've let them off the hook every time. Yeah, and you know, value judgments on on policing is, are always really tricky to me because, again, I feel like it's it's inertia. You know, you, you give somebody a gun, put them into a uniform, give them give them things that make them essentially impervious, and and also. Uh, they they live their lives with basically the promise of an, you know indemnification. They know they're not really going to be held that accountable. I mean, even if they do get held accountable, That's those America, are egregious. Jack. Those are egregious cases. And yep, you know, I'm not saying that they are. The, I'm just saying that the system of policing in itself. It's not necessarily about cops in America or something. I don't think all cops are bad, but like to John Scott, to your point. You could be a good person. You get funneled into this system. And no matter what system you get funneled into, that's going to shape who you are. And it's going to require things. Don't be of that, you. Guy. that is the point. Every touch point you've got in your job or in your, your social life is going to force you to make a decision. And all of that force, all of that pressure is going to change who you are. 
I just no way. Cops can cops can obviously fit guns on their hips. I just wonder if they can also fit like fucking mace or do cops carry anything other than like deadly weapon? I mean, well, they carry can't you all just, of it. It's like, dude, they're, listen, they're like, like Batman. Get the fuck back in your car, which is a good point. <laughs> like, get get back in your car is where it's like, okay, just get back in your car. Like, please get back in your car. Please get the fuck back. No, that's why you can say it's not their fault, Scott. That's how you could say you could make the point that it's not the officer's fault because the system and all the training and all the superiors tell them you are the law. You have to enforce the law there. You can't just let people. You can never stand down. I've never heard of it in my life. And it's also yes. propagated in movies and television and all the bullshit we see. I yeah, watched I, the, the I, John I, Oliver recently. The, you guys watch the last John Oliver about police interrogations? Fucking hilarious. I, I literally they, was just listening lie. to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you are? Yeah, they can lie legally. Like, all this stuff he brings up. And then Tim Meadows and this other dude do this great, like they do at the end of every episode, they do a great spoof of these cops in this TV show. We got to get the fucking conviction. No matter what it takes, we're going to lie. We're going to make up evidence, which is legal. It's just, it's fucking bonkers. There should be, I, you, I, I've not heard it put this way, but stand, stand down. There should be a stand down requirement in any situation like that. All right. So if I'm understanding what happened here, I didn't read this story. So let's just uh, make this a hypothetical. You pull a guy over. He freaks out. He maybe he's high, whatever. He bolts, right? Takes off, just starts running. All right. Now you're a cop and you're sitting there. This guy's car is on the side of the road. Guy took off. Well, impound the freaking car. You know, you still got mm -hmm. him on this ticket. The fact that the fact that he ran away doesn't necessarily mean he did anything wrong. He's running because he's afraid for one reason or another. Maybe he did do something wrong, but what is it worth to find out what that thing is? Mm -hmm. yeah. Open well, his trunk. The open his trunk. The if there's, his that's what he got. Yeah. Well, open, yeah. open his and, trunk. If there's no dead body, then you can pretty much let him go. And, and in this chalk, case, chalk it up his, to like, ah, fuck. You know, in this case, his homie in the fucking passenger seat was just like standing there the entire time, like watching the entire thing unfold. It's like, just let this dude run I, I, again, dude. I don't know. We're fucking re right. like we're re-adjudicating some fucking highly tense situation that yeah. ended the same goddamn way. So many of these you know interactions end but it's like i just don't i'm trying to man here kind of fucking risk assessment expert in this whole michigan <laughs> we call the insurance business it's trying to get inside I, I guess i guess i'm i'm uh erring in judgment here and trying to fucking get inside the mind of a police officer and maybe that's my fucking mistake Journey like to just the trying to be like, killer. like uh, okay i could i could take like 35 other routes here but i'm gonna take the route where i try <laughs> to get into a, a physical altercation and shove a stun gun into someone's neck and if that doesn't yeah. work i'm just gonna just straight execution yeah i mean cops are cops are there to like what mike was saying earlier to enforce the law as they know it they actually don't know the law very well but they're there as a point of enforcement and they're not making those types of calculations and ethical judgments their job is not yeah. to say well what's the real trade-off here i mean i'm gonna chase this guy first of all i'm gonna get tired um things are could potentially get violent maybe we uh, fist fight each other or i'm gonna pull my gun out that's never worth it mm -hmm. it's insanity a psychopath, I'm a killer, 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 killer.
That's these guys, man. Psychopath Killer by Slaughterhouse, Yellow Wolf, and Eminem. Although I haven't heard Eminem on this track yet. Anyways. (sighs) Eminem goes Guys. Yeah, we're we're not trying to re-adjudicate it. We're just talking about the same old shit that other people talk about. Some people never even talk about this shit ever. So the fact that we're aware of how fucked it up it is, I feel pretty good about the three of us as kind of being ahead of the game in that respect. And I'm proud to do a show. Call my dad and see what he thinks. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> yes, let's get someone's. We need to get <laughs> someone's parent on the show at some point. It's true. We really oh do. God. Dad, tell me, like, all Hello? Hello? tell me all your thoughts on that. Tell me all your thoughts on cops. That <laughs> 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 yeah, might be a good uh, parody song there. I'm going to work on that. Uh, also, hey, so Scott, you have a car, right? I do. Yeah. Do you have insurance on that car? I do. I actually, I actually re up my tags today. Got the fresh registration. Have you received your eight hundred dollar <laughs> checks? Yes, yeah, Stephanie and I got. They stroked us eight hundred. We got four. Yeah, four bucks each. Yeah! And our rates, our rates keep going down, dude. It's the only fucking. It's the only W in this. Just like. <laughs> sea of losses that we've had to fucking endure for the last uh, two to 20 ish years is like, I don't know. Apparently just riding with progressive has finally paid off and to the tune of, uh, you know, a few hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. and lower. I got, my, I got a progressive check too. That's exactly what I got. It's $400. So yes. for those of you that don't live in Michigan, we were all receiving a $400 per car refund. Because they decided to gut the Michigan catastrophic uh, collection pool that goes in. This has been donated to this pool for decades. People have been paying into it from insurance. And it's supposed to help people who've been fucked for life. People can't walk anymore. People are paralyzed because of being in a car accident. So that they would be properly taken care of. So we're all getting $400 per car if you had insurance by October 31st, 2021. Which I... Spent most of my life without car insurance. I've actually had car insurance the last year or so. And I'm like, I'm actually good. I got the check too. I got mine the other day. I deposited it. But people who used to have really good care who really need it are getting fucked <laughs> big time. And really, again, I, I don't, I don't, not trying to constantly mirror Charlie LaDuff's No Bullshit News Show, which I am a huge, huge supporter of because it does good things and it's trying to help people in the community. But <laughs> yes, they had this guy on. They had this guy on who he's been fucking paralyzed. He's a paraplegic. Paraplegic? I think uh, he's paraplegic. Quadriplegic is if you don't have control of your arms and legs. Right. Yeah, I think he's got arm control. would be if it's waist down. I think he's got like from chest down. Like it's close. I don't Anyway, Yeah, that's paraplegic, up. yeah. He's been fucking like this way for 30 years. And then this shit happened where our state legislator in a way to change and reformat our car insurance, which is one of the, our car insurance rates are one of the worst in the country. We have no fault insurance. It's totally fucked up around here. So rates are the our highest state legislator. Yeah. Our state legislator thought they were doing something good a couple of years ago by changing this new law that went into effect last year. And one of the changes in it was to, get this $400 rebate for everybody who had insurance per car already, which 
slashed the budget of this pool. And this guy on Charlie's show is now at some shithole. He used to be at a, a reasonably nice place that took care of him. And now he's he can't afford it because he relied on this pool, the catastrophic insurance pool. And that's all gone or it's been reduced drastically. And all the money that we're getting, which, hey, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It's a fucking... They make it this way. We're in this system. We've talked about it a billion times in the show. So we're all scrounging for scraps, no doubt about it. All three of us on this show. So I'm happy to get that 400 bucks. I really mm -hmm. fucking needed it. But I also simultaneously feel really bad for that guy and other people like it who lost their uh, what they relied on, the money and the funds that they relied on. And we're, we're one of the only states in the country that did this, that had this pool. It was actually a really unusually positive thing. Well, it's so. it's that's because of yeah that we've we had that for a reason. It's probably for years and years and years of terrible insurance policies in this state. <laughs> they had to have it. I'm sure, <laughs> like in a way, they they had to have it. Yeah, I mean, this is this is another example of hey, listen. They they create a all they do is create scraps for us to fight over, and you know, then the rest is up to us. You know, make sure you're an anti-racist. Don't be an asshole. It's like, shouldn't have to even worry about those things. And you shouldn't have, you shouldn't really have needed that $400 that bad. Yeah, man, it, it fucking sucks. The other thing, I think we talked about it. I think I was telling you, Luke, about it. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. Let's just lose all of our listeners and go just deep into like insurance and, and uh, health premiums <laughs> and shit like that. Yeah. But you did that. Please, if you have, please know you might lose a host as well. If you We've already certain... done that before on a show. You don't remember that show? Remember that show? We yeah. went way deep on insurance. Too yeah. deep on insurance. Okay, that was yeah. probably what I was talking about. The like, if you have qualified health coverage, you can waive the personal injury protection <laughs> yeah. Yeah. portion of your auto insurance. So I make sure that my health coverage is such that it's like a six thousand dollar deductible. At Mac, it can be max six thousand dollar deductible, but that qualifies you to waive your PIP coverage on your progressive, oh, and that no. saves us no, so I much money. This because you're my oldest friend in the world. Uh -huh. So yeah, I'm let's talk about that. this for okay. another twenty or thirty minutes. But uh, no, no, please no, <laughs> dude. No. I pay so anyway. No, all the, this the best, the best insurance conversation we had was when John Scott uh, committed insurance fraud and oh. lived and lived yeah, in the well, shadows was, for six months. That was months. part of the whole thing. It went on <laughs> way too long. Yeah, it was ridiculous. You understand me, sir? It's yeah. great though. I pay like fifty three dollars for car insurance a month now. It's fucking. I awesome. said, calm down and shut the fuck up. What's the problem? That's what, maybe we should tell those people. Let's just tell the paraplegics. I said, calm down and shut the fuck up. What's the problem? Yeah. Is that good enough for you? Right? Hey, is that what we're supposed to do? Hey, all right. Hey, shut the let's fuck up. On. What's the problem? Yeah. yeah. We, we all right, let's get to the emails right quick. I can't do it. My eyes are I can't take it anymore. <laughs> ah, and do another thing about auto insurance. <laughs> and you know, the real thing about insurance is. Oh, my God. All right. Let's talk to. Brian M. It's time for the Brian M. email segment. We only have emails from Brian this week, so sorry if you're looking for something from Danny I mean, or Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink's been gone for a minute. I still feel like Mr. Pink is feeling resentful about... He'll be uh, back. How is he resentful? No, nobody is going to be resentful. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to stir shit here. Just shut up. Let me do my thing. All right. All right. Uh, this one's called It Moves and It Bops. Symbol crashes. I don't have a symbol <laughs> crash drop. I really need that. Sorry, Brian. Safe oh, yeah. pod talk show team. I laughed very hard at Scott's review of On the Road. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I'm surprised. Well, at that's that. good. 
Yeah, that is good. I think Kerouac's best works are Maggie and Big Sur. On the Road is a book best read as a young man, but it does indeed bop. Bops, man. baby. It does bop it does a little bit. A little bopping? The badging of the social hive mind splattered daily on the screens of the world is nauseating. Wow. That's a hell of a <laughs> sentence. Let's say that again. The badging, the badging of the social hive mind splattered daily on the screen of the world is nauseating. From Facebook profile prefab picture frames that stand in solidarity with insert latest world crisis, social injustice crisis here, to corporate branding utilizing social unrest in order to sell more stuff, I couldn't care less. Similarly, 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 similarly. I think it's similarly. Similarly. No. There we go. Think, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. my God. Similarly. Summarily. <laughs> summarily? No, that's a different word. Similarly. <laughs> similarly. In Michigan, we say similarly. Similarly, another thing that just sucks the life force out of me every time I see it. It is the NFL's branding with the military. Oh, yeah. And it's hijacking of veterans. As a veteran, every pregame flyby and color guard and military appreciation day just reeks of opportunity. I hate it. It's so disingenuous. And I hate it when they trot out veterans like they're tokens of the NFL's benevolence in human form. It's gross. It's fucking gross. If the NFL and the other leagues really wanted to help, Fund every VFW and American Legion in the States. They have a team and make sure the bars are stocked in them at all times. Nothing says military appreciation like buying a vet a drink. What's your favorite war is now a classic. And I will be throwing that question out at every lame party for my enjoyment from here until my death. Brian. Well, there you go, Danny. Brian's a huge fan of your question from last week's show. <laughs> What's your favorite war? Uh, yeah, I mean, shit. Garbage fest. This veteran bullshit and the constant... Uh, corporations are morphing. I, I think you guys have noticed this, too, over the last couple of years. They are adopting. They're seeing the trends. Because corporations are not stupid. Do never think that corporations don't know what they're doing. They are wicked smart, okay? So they are adopting what the next generations in that's coming to power and buying power actually is here now. They're adopting the, hey, we feel, we understand pain. We're here to support those in pain. It's incredible. It's fucking genius. It's insidious. And it's fucking sick. Yeah. Well, yeah. Any, never... any fucking rich, any person just drowning in money is at least smart enough to know that you get smart people to make decisions, you know. Every you you hear so many interviews with like zillionaires and they're like, I just surround myself with people that are smarter and better and more knowledgeable and more educated than me. It's like, okay, I mean, that's a pretty good, you know, so all these corporations that have like a little woke wing, like if it's like severance, they have like, like the woke building, you know, like a group of like eight people working on like messaging, you know, these, this is why these social media jobs, I don't know, Luke, if whatever you do mm. crosses into any of this shit but like sure does even like messaging is just so fucking key and so people i don't think you're you, i don't know if you're getting a sweet payday we don't have to talk about your salary but i know that a <laughs> lot of people are like getting you know compensated pretty well for just sitting around and 
fucking towing lighting company their farts line and just lighting their farts on fire and sending out <laughs> woke effluvium into the ether. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. Yeah, the people best, best at it are the ones that never did it really have to work. You know, they slid right into this business out of college, and it's been pretty easy sailing ever since. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, it's, it's hard to pay your bills on, on this job if you've lived a life and now you've got, you know, student debt to pay and all that shit. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot to make up for. But, yeah, a lot, a lot of people in, in this business were pretty, pretty much glided right on in knowing that's what they were going to do. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. This is an open yeah. and shut case. And anybody who can't see that mm. is a savage and an idiot. Uh, we have one other. This is a follow-up from Brian after last week. Now you recall, if you've listened to the show before and you listened to last week's episode, Brian was very upset about the Redonda Vaught situation. The nurse who accidentally killed someone, but, Oh, I got a corrective on that one too. I got a corrective on that one too, real quick. Oh, you do? Okay. To, to clar- uh, to clarify now it's for time Brian. For Luke's correct segments. Yes, Corrections, yes. please. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Correct me. Uh, it should be like uh, cor- correct your neck, you know, like uh, whatever. Protect your neck. Um, correct your neck. I, yeah, I, I don't know why I was kind of rambling on, but I wasn't really trying to make much of a point. I thought I had a point and I trailed off and it wasn't great. Basically, yeah, Brian is uh, 100% right. Criminal negligence is this this woman clearly. This is criminally negligent. Uh go to jail. Go to jail, learn your lesson. You're in timeout. You're in timeout for mm-hmm. however many years the judge decides that you're in timeout. Um, if you're white, I guess you'll be out in uh 12 months with good behavior. Ooh. Yeah, well, but no, this this is this is clearly this is yeah, criminal negligence. Criminal negligence. Yeah, it's fucked up. She'll be sentenced next month. Uh, so here's Brian's follow-up. Just to clarify, the Redonda Vaught situation was as follows. Miss Murphy comes in for an MRI. Let that sink in. A simple MRI scan. Oh, I didn't know that either. Redonda Vaught is a radiology RN. Oh, my God. What? Oh, I didn't know this either. Holy fuck. Redonda Vaught is a radiology RN, not a floor nurse who has to worry about 20 patients in one wing because of staffing issues in a 12-hour shift. She's working eight or tens on Monday through Friday. She does scans like an MRI or perhaps fluoroscopy procedures for circulation verification or blockages. Again, not a ward nurse or an ICU nurse, just her and possibly 10 patients per day for scheduled MRI CT scans. She then does all the shit I already outlined. So this person is not only criminally negligent, she's criminally fucking stupid. Yes. This is just an idiot. This is a lazy fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> this is an open and shut case. Don't, yeah. Don't please. tell anyone from the nursing world that because they seem to be No, very it seems like this is a particular kind of nurse. And if I bet you if you talk to another nurse in this this same person's like ward or whatever, she would say I actually yeah, well, she's a lazy fucking yeah. really smart decision. Yeah. I gotta find I, I actually have an old buddy from college that's a a radiology RN that I will reach out to and get the take. Ooh. Yeah. See, that's yeah. what we need. Testimonials from actual experts in the field. Definitely. I mean, I'm I'm picturing like, you know, the uh you know, the those harrowing scenes from you know, like wall street you know and people are running around with tickets and everyone's screaming and yelling and there's like all, <laughs> sorts, all sorts of shit to need to be done and then just like just put a hospital in that scene 
like in <laughs> like right on the floor and like now you got patients too you got people yelling screaming everyone's sweating uh you know three-piece suits uh everyone's smoking in the hospital that's kind of <laughs> i don't know this i don't is, know why no, i think I got, this what is hospitals what, uh, are this is what Redonda Vaughn actually said. But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine. It's a very, very violent, aggressive <laughs> approach for a nurse. That's my opinion. Uh, all right, let me finish this email. While I believe that death is occasionally an unfortunate byproduct of the medical field, the responsible conclusion of anyone in the medical field or otherwise in terms of the mortality rate for a fucking MRI scan is fucking zero. Unless the patient codes and has a goddamn heart attack during the MRI, there is zero expectation of someone dying from any type of intervention during it. The fact that she has access to meds in the med cart implies she is compliant in all aspects of administration of meds in said cart. The reason she was giving meds was because Ms. Murphy was nervous and distraught about going into the MRI. A common concern. Yeah, I've had that as well. I freaked out. Yeah. It's intense. I did too. I don't like them. I don't like them either. So according to the protocols of the radiology unit she worked at, Versed a conscious, conscious sedation, conscious, conscious, and I'm really struggling with words today, conscious sedation, <laughs> med, meaning while it makes one sleepy, it doesn't put one completely under, like propyl, I was just going to say, like beta blockers, uh, I, I take Blader blockers. Oh, beta boy. blockers. Beta blockers. Mike's, Mike's having a live stroke. I take, take care of it blockers. Post. Yeah. Do it in post. Pro do it in post, uh, like Propofol, Propofol, Propofol. Isn't Propofol the heavy hardcore one that Michael Jackson was addicted to? I, I can't remember. Maybe. That's my side. I note. think so. Uh, anyways, I take Propanil, which is a beta blocker. It, it is much better than Xanax for flying because Xanax would like knock me out. But uh, Propanil, Propofol would just, you know, relax you. It reduces your blood pressure. Anyways, who cares about that? Okay. That, nope. All right. Yeah. Don't get your medication names incorrect. Uh, I gotta go to the only Brian. Only Brian is actually gonna hear this, but you know, <laughs> it's okay to administer in order to help alleviate the nervousness of patients while they're getting scanned for 20 minutes inside a round shaped coffin that makes a menacing whirring sound. Ms. Murphy's nervousness makes this all the more tragic because she's then paralyzed, unable to breathe, or signal that she cannot breathe. Which also means she wasn't hooked up to vitals, something that would have tipped Ms. Vaught off that she wasn't breathing or dispelling CO2. This is standard whenever anybody administers any meds, especially one that can alter bodily functions and also make one sleepy. Because if they can't respond to your prompts, then the sudden loss of CO2 production would tip you off that the patient is in trouble. Workers' rights are also important to me, but I also demand accountability, and Ms. Vaught should absolutely be held accountable for her actions. Yes. And yeah, I feel, I feel a little silly that, you know, anything that was said on the, <laughs> the pod last week would have would have made Brian feel like he needed to put in this question, although I do appreciate it. We it's, it's good context. We I, immediately I, went far right, like no, I was, uh, DSA I was, power to the worker. Fucking <laughs> yeah, no, I was no, I was in agreement. I was in agreement, and yeah, I'm still in agreement. I'm still in agreement on both things. Yeah, there, oh, so you, yeah, you would agree nurses, that Paris is the capital need, of France? Yes, nurses. Well, need we're to back band. in agreement. They need to band together, and of course, have strong unions and all that. That's great, but you know, criminally negligent, fucking dumb assholes need to uh, go to prison. 
Well, and I think the problem was like the American Nurses Association issued a statement and, you know, called it like a dangerous precedent to, to, you know, punish her for this. And it criminalized the honest reporting of mistakes. Like, it's like, so if you kill someone, but you're mm. honest about it, you're off the hook. Like, I, I don't understand that logic. It seemed genius, like genius, genius. It seemed like that was more a conflation of being worn out from the pandemic, which is understandable, and trying to say like, "Well, we're fucking worn out in this profession." But it's kind of like, "Well, that's that's two different things." Like, so so what? Mm-hmm. Because you're working hard, these kind of mistakes are justifiable. Like, I, I just didn't. The kind of statement and where, you know, the ANA is coming from, again, it just seems like a conflating of two completely different situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yep. in a way, there's there's an outlier element to this story, but then there's also, you know, clearly there are people that do this job every every day and uh, people are not people's lives are not at risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no. that's, I think, where, yeah, somebody somebody creates risk just by being in the room you know their their negligence is like goes with them wherever they go yeah that's one thing to support workers rights and socialism and all that jazz but in this situation this context of this woman she fucked up and we all agree she should pay Perez, oh, yeah. 25 years old originally drafted by the tigers lives in venezuela Boy, can you imagine you're a young kid playing in the United States, you're from Venezuela, and every time you look at the news, it's a nightmare. <laughs> a butt attempt is missed. <laughs> Running from holding, holding two. And Castellanos <laughs> lifts that one to deep left. <laughs> Socialism failing to work as it always does. <laughs> you talk about giving everybody something free and all of a sudden there's no food to eat. And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway. Hello. <laughs> that is, that, my God, is that is my favorite fucking aside from any announcer of all time. I can't oh, think of yeah. a better, I can't think of a better one than that. I'm so ah, glad. But, but please keep trying, uh, and especially the, the, any listeners out there. You got any choice uh, sound bites? Send, send the them, good send old, the good way. old days of baseball broadcasting when you could just go on like drunken harangues during the, the top of the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. That is so great. Uh, I uh, also, I just a random thought. I was thinking of announcers. Uh, Rod Allen is working again. He works for the Marlins now. And, I uh, saw that, and I don't know why that's important. No, I just want to mention that, that he has a job somewhere in baseball. <laughs> well, somebody so was saying Rod Allen, Rod Allen is working again. I was like, I, I thought he was working. I, I never thought he stopped. What? No. Him and Mario and Peppa got shit canned. I mean, they lost their jobs um, here. That, they did. Did they? Yes. They had a fight in the booth, and they got shit canned. What did they fight about? <laughs> a chair. A fucking chair. Yeah. Who gets like, to sit in that chair? Who gets to sit in a chair? Yes. Was this like the chair in Seinfeld where it's like uh, you got a, your other option is to stand or were there two chairs? That's a good question. The Rod Were there Al- multiple chairs? I don't uh, I don't know. You know, that may have been the crux of the situation. I, yeah, I think 
<laughs> One Rod, chair was uh, better than the other. <laughs> Rod, Rod Allen playing baseball in Japan is always that's always a good reset. It's always good for uh, always. That's a video. That's a yeah. We can't do it here, but uh, oh, that, that's no, that's always a good one to have. I completely one. agree. I completely agree with what you're saying right now. And uh, second uh, second deck. I mean, one of the best audio drops ever. And that's yeah, how you, you get. Know, e- that's how you get eaten out. I mean, the hits just keep coming. What now? There would be so many drops happening already. I'm, for some reason, my computer is just like. Uh, 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 I was just gonna ask. Uh, you, uh, 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 uh. What the fuck? I'm sick of we, this. We hear all of your great comments. Uh, yeah, but I look especially that you guys. This is so frozen. stupid. I'm losing it. I'm flipping out because it's it's been happening. A lot lately, and I don't know if it's Chrome that sucks ass or what it is, but it like, and then like the computer starts like running the fan and it gets hotter and I can't figure out what the fuck it is. What is Uh, it? Well, we can take this fascinating chat offline, but really, uh, have you checked how many processes are running? Have you, have you ever tried restarting it? Um, of course, of course, I restart. I started last night. I, I, have, you turned it on, have you turned it off and on? Okay, well, we're done. I'm wrapping up the show. And uh, another thing listening. about personal injury protection insurance is, Good oh, I think it's okay now. I feel like I'm back a little bit here. Okay, anyways, so that's the show. We want to thank you guys for listening. Remember, emails is it safe pod at gmail.com. I should have said that at the beginning of the show. I don't know if I did. Uh, if you're a new listener, five star review, five star review on Apple Podcasts would be wonderful. Also, if you use Spotify. You can click five stars in Spotify. It takes just a moment. It's super simple. And even even I, if you're a racist listener, go for it. Give us see five. like some some process <laughs> happened and then it stopped and now it's back to normal. I don't know what the fuck. It, it makes no sense. What I do know is that our show is now available on every possible directory. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, Amazon Music, even yes. uh, everything. There's just nothing we're not uh, in now. We're in every directory. We have a new hosting center now, so I'm um, hoping that will be a bonus for the show and improve our show and the ability to find it. Thank Maybe. you, sir. I, I, uh, it's important to note that uh, myself and Luke had absolutely nothing to do with that. So, yeah, good job, Michael. Well, it's gonna and, save us money too because we were paying we were paying ten bucks a month to have it hosted on that previous hosting service. Now, all four of the podcasts I do, Is It Safe, First Day Pod, Cinema 9, and Palazzo are all in one area that are hosted for 10 bucks a month total for all four of them. So, saving 30 bucks a month. And that's, wow, that's great. And uh, <laughs> we didn't talk, we didn't talk about uh, the shameless use of veterans in sports. I think that would definitely be a good place to jump off next time. Let's give it a shot. I'm sorry Absolutely. about my Ill, ill-timed ripping of racism at the American Legion in the VFW Hall too. But I mean, come on, it does. <laughs> both things can, it both does. things both things can be true. I can still want to buy you a beer. Oh shit! And I forgot to mention this. And Scott, you never yeah. said anything to me, as far as I know, but. Our dear friend of the show, Eric Allen, he donated 50 bucks in our name after yeah. you, he Venmoed you. You said, whoever Venmoes me first. Yeah, Luke, did you hear about this? I don't think Scott did a good job of sharing this information. He shared it with us personally on the side. Yeah. He did? Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah, he let me about it. Just yeah. the, the doom it was like immediately after text it got thread. published. Oh, shit. It was, well, Eric it was told like me. Yeah. An hour Eric, after thank you. Eric appreciated yeah, yes. our, our collective integrity you, as, a, as a show and, and rewarded us for it. So thank you for that. 
lovely. If it isn't our content that pushes you to donate, then it should be our just hearts of gold. Or our uh, totally inarticulate and incoherent uh, anger. (laughs) Yeah. Either way, we got something for everybody. Yeah. Feel sympathy. Be upset for us. Give me money. (laughs) Mike, what was that? (laughs) Remember that? Uh oh, Mike. You hear me? Oh, there he is. Yeah, we can hear you. You sound like. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound like you're in the bottom of a gas tank. Can you hear me? Anyone? (laughs) Nobody. Yeah, it sounds like you're you're beaming in from outside. Why can't I hear you guys? Uh oh. Oh. You tell. I'm not hearing you guys. Oh fuck! Pick a hurry. Pick a song and roll. Oh yeah, I know. I got a song ready to go. Got everything just went to hell. All right, thanks for listening. Drowning. We're going Love out you. on this one. I listened to this song all week long last week, and I just loved it. I don't give a fuck what Luke thinks or anyone thinks. So here we go. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> the AM radio version of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you hear it? Dude, it's sweet. It's, a, it's actually kind of. It's actually charming. <laughs> But yeah, it's it sounds like some burned out like AM station from. It's not, it sounds like when you're driving through the mountains and you finally get a signal and you're like, oh, there's it, there it is, there's music, there's something. Oh my god, yeah, that was like uh, driving through the Poconos, and the only thing that wasn't Christian radio. Kind of sounded like Muzak a little bit. Just can you hear like, me now? Like can you hear me now? My back rock. to how I used to sound. A little yeah, bit now, now. Is this fire it up? Is yes. this the original Michael Govier? Let's try it again. So, uh, I think this is Ow. how it works. Yeah. Okay. All right. See you guys. Draw!
stuck 